Thanks for joining us for Episode 5 of Season 3 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and I'm wondering, years ago, when the first person used the phrase, game changer, was it itself actually a game changer? Because it changed the way we talk about change. Or it changed the way we talk about the game. Think about it, yeah. Which came first, the game or the change? And it was it a game changer? Oh, that sounds like a game changer to me. Uh, I'm going to go into retirement now. That's enough for my brain. Did it, did it blow your mind? It blew my mind. It changed my mind. Ah. And it gained my <laughs> mind at the same time. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business. And if you say, have a nice day to people, that's okay. But saying, enjoy your next 24 hours is a problem. Why is that? <laughs> It changes the meaning slightly. It changes the game. It's a, that's a game that's changer. The game changer. That's yes. a game changer. On today's show, we discuss the difference between doing what you love and loving what you do. And is there a difference? And we interview a couple who adapted their communication styles to better work together. And at the end of the show, we share some dating disaster stories. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. Our topic today is uh, a discussion about the two phrases that people might throw around when it comes to your career or starting a business. And that mm. is, do what you love versus love what you do. And yeah. are they the same thing? Is there a difference? So we're going to talk about that because people often use them interchangeably, but they're not always the same thing. Well, the difference, I think, is in the line that you draw between the two and how well you differentiate your work life from the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I would agree. But yeah, there's definitely a difference, I think. Yeah, um, I think that it's, again, even though people might throw them around, doing what you love may not always turn into a business proposition. You may mm -hmm. love baking cupcakes, but you're in no way interested in running a bakery, but you love doing that. Yeah. But you happen to run a marketing firm, and you love uh, developing you know, strategies. It's not the kind of thing you'd have as a hobby. So you don't love doing it uh, as, a, as far as like doing what you love, but you love it in terms of if I have to work, I'm going to do this. Yeah. One of the guys that we really like in uh, the business world is Marcus Lemonis. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put a link in our show notes uh, to his website about this. You're separating your personal and your professional life is what this is about. And he says that your life is like a car. You can put it in reverse, neutral, drive, low gear, whatever, but it's still a car. In other words, this is still your life. If you're putting it in forward gear, you might equate that with your career mm -hmm. or what you do for a living. You put it in reverse, it might be, it is in my case, the way that you <laughs> live the rest of your life. But it really is two different things for the same person, for the, for the same you. No, that makes sense because yeah. you, you you can enjoy every moment of your work life mm -hmm. and really love doing that. Yeah. But is that what you really love when it comes to, you know, again, hobbies, interests, uh, personal 
time. And that's generally, you know, what you love. I mean, I love reading. I love watching TV. I love traveling. But I don't do those for a living. Yeah. But I also do love what I do for a living. It's just I wouldn't choose to go and, you know, for free and just go and say, hey, I can come up with some ads for you. Sure. But I enjoy it. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's easy to differentiate these two because Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily love their job. They may not even like their job. You know, I've had jobs that I didn't like before. I sure didn't love them. It was really easier for me to draw the line between those two. As my career got further on, it became more and more difficult. You know, and I guess really you define how much of that you allow to bleed over into Mm -hmm. your personal life, how much of your work life you let in. Uh, I had a boss one time that uh, advised me, don't let the wolf in. And the wolf being your your work life. Well, what if, okay, so now, what if you own your business? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're working for somebody else, I think you can have a very successful career without loving what you do or maybe even enjoying it. Yeah. Is that a requirement if you are a business owner to maybe not, again, not do what you love, but love what you do? Or love that you own a business because you may not love concrete sure but you own a very successful concrete business you love entrepreneurship yeah Yeah. so what how does that play into the whole these phrases what do you think well personally for me i would need to love what i was doing not doing what i love but love what i was doing as my own business because you have so much energy that you have to put towards it you have to spend so much time and that's also because it's not that I love owning a business as much as I love the kind of business we have. Yeah. And so there are some people who do they love owning a franchise of some kind? Do they love again working nothing again you may love working in concrete. Yeah. But maybe you enjoy the satisfaction of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. the freedom of business ownership. And you were just driven that way. There may be a lot of satisfaction in concrete, too. I don't there know. may be. I've I don't know. i for a living. I, I, I can tell you. <laughs> just on the surface, I think there's some. <laughs> no, it's, Once it solidifies everything. So good. it is. I mean, these are maybe semantics. You know, maybe it's not as big of a difference. But I know that there are different people who are driven by different things. And they really, they do what they love. Mm-hmm. And they might have a business Mm -hmm. or they have a business and they're loving what they do. Mm -hmm. Like, say, for instance, you love fashion and you own a boutique. And then there are other people who love the entrepreneurship. But I think you need to have at least, you know, one of those three to be a success. Either you love the process of being a business owner. Yeah. You love what you do on a regular basis or you are doing what you love. Say, for instance, you love you know, fish and you own an aquarium business. Okay, well, that may be you're doing what you love. I think you need to have at least one of those well, to make almost, it successful. It's almost a prerequisite because if you hate being an entrepreneur and you own a business right there, that's just going to go by the wayside after a short time. Right. It can't help but affect the way that you perform or that the way that your team performs. It just filters on down to every aspect of it. What about loving what you do? Do you think that's a requirement or doing what you love? Or do you think it really is that's, that's optional, but loving entrepreneurship is a requirement? I'll answer your question with mm-hmm. a question. Do you like ice cream? I do. Do you like pizza? I do. Would you put the two together at the same time? 
No. Okay. That's your answer. It's uh, well, first of all, I'm hungry now. So thanks for yes, that. Yes, no problem. That's that's the marketing <laughs> chops coming through. You see what I did there? Now, thanks for that. I want pizza yes. and ice cream. Okay. So okay, so you can have both, but you don't have to put them together yeah. at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Kind of okay. Exactly. So yeah, you might love what you do and love being an entrepreneur, but maybe it doesn't always happen that way at the same time. Maybe right. you're like you're doing a part of your job that you don't love. Yeah. Kind of thing. Whether you have to have both or either to be successful, I think the answer for a lot of people is now with our generation, yes. Mm-hmm. For future generations, maybe not so much. For example, you look at millennials, they're already putting themselves, aka their brand, on social media full time. So they're not separating, like their business is a travel a vlog. Yeah. They love travel and they've created a business around loving what doing what they love. Yeah. Or and they have a beauty brand. Yeah, yeah. they documented every step of it so that it becomes pressed into a personal and work combination. The ice cream and the pizza are together. Mm-hmm. There's so not they, really they have not there is no separation of what what they love yeah. versus loving what they do. It has become the same thing. Which, you know, May or may not be good because we see a lot of um, those YouTubers later coming on about the mental health issue or the constant being on or or other things. So and yeah, that's a kind of an age old mm-hmm. malady. So it's critical then to find that work life blend that we've been talking about so much. Yeah. So maybe you know you. It's absolutely wonderful to love what you do, mm-hmm. and we do. I love doing marketing plans. I love doing strategy and social, and I love doing those things. But I also have very many interests outside, and these are things I love, but I'm not turning those into a business. And I know that's a big trend now. Do you find that you have to work extra hard to curate those outside interests? Not as much now that we're more established in terms of our our business. We've been around our other business, not the podcast business, but um, our main business – We've been around for about, you know, what, 13 years? It'll be 13 years. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of been able to create that blend of having interests outside that I love, but also still loving what I do. But I can totally understand that it is hard because it's being an entrepreneur is very consuming. It's almost like having a third job. Mm-hmm. The, the development and maintenance, I guess, for lack of a better term, of your other interests outside so that you don't just drown in the whirlpool of entrepreneurship. You don't, uh, you know, go the opposite way and, and neglect your business. Mm-hmm. Get the blend going. But, you know, I you absolutely have to have the stuff on the outside. Yeah. You got to no, have yeah, stuff no you love along with loving what you do sometimes. Yeah. And really, you think of which part of yourself you want to engage at a given time. You don't have to have a solid line that says at five o'clock, I don't think or do anything about work anymore until eight o'clock the next morning. But you do need to structure it so that you're ready at a given time to make that conscious transformation Mm -hmm. and be in that space, be in that moment for however long it takes to conduct whatever has come up with your business. And then be ready to transfer back and, and fall back into your personal time, whatever yeah. you were doing before. Whatever you do and whatever it is that you're loving. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Mm. So I don't know if we've solved the question as much as maybe put some thoughts into how we define things better. So there may be people who are able to do both or 
maybe neither, but love entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think we've spent some time and figured out how we define those things. And defining the word love when it comes to our personal and our professional and knowing that there can be a difference between the two. Yeah. And this is a nonstop, ongoing type of thing. If you're an entrepreneur of any streak, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to visit couplesincpodcast.com, that's our website. Leave us a comment about how you make it work, and we may feature you on a future episode. Right now, let's go get some ice cream and pizza together. Together. Love it. We talked recently with Pat and Regina Schober, the owners of Poetica Marketing, about how they make working together work for them. I wanted to start out first by getting a little bit of history about you. Um, So can you tell us how long you've been married and tell us a little bit about how you wound up working together being a couple in business? Sure. Absolutely. So we've been been married (laughs) since September of 2018. And I had just started Poetica in July of that year, so right before we got married. And for a long time, I think people kind of like jokingly were like, oh, Regina should come join you and you guys could work together. And you've always you always kind of scoffed at well, that. Yeah, at the time I was like, we are newlyweds. There's no way I want to jump into a business with, with you right now. Like it was just a scary, scary thing at that time. Um, but we learned, obviously, to become, you know, a married couple. And then as time went on, I think that's when we started. I started working more and more with you. Yeah. We went. So the, the way it actually happened was a couple of years ago, I had a client who came to me, uh, one of our content marketing clients. And she came and said, hey, Pat, I want to do a special dinner for some clients. Do you coordinate events? And I immediately was like, nope, but I can put you in contact with somebody that does. I know I have like a few business cards somewhere in a binder and I'll put you in touch. And then I went and I thought about it. And Regina has. He remembered this lady he knows. Yeah. (laughs) Who has about 10 years of of theater experience, like putting on shows and kind of coordinating the back end of everything. Right. So, yeah, once once he came to me and said, like, hey, you know, so and so wants to you know, host this party. Can we handle it? I was like, heck yeah, we can handle it. Like, <laughs> that is so funny that he's like, do I know anybody? Let me think. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you do end up like taking for granted. You just don't even think about your spouse. I mean, you think about them, but you don't think, oh, they do have that skill set. Oh my gosh, why did I not think of that earlier? Don't look at me that way, Glenn. I always think you are amazing <laughs> at whatever you do. And to Pat's credit, you know, I had always been adamant about not working together. That was like a scary thing for me. Pat comes from a family of entrepreneurs. Like this is what his family does. My family is a little less, let's start our own business and a little more, you know, just like find a job and work your butt off. And, uh, you know, kind of like the, almost like the normal, I don't know, <laughs> normal. Okay. And so he was probably like not thinking I was even an option at the time, mm-hmm. but this was maybe two years ago, two and a half. So like he started his business. Some time went on. We grew as a couple. And then he came to me and said, hey, can we do this event? Um, I said, sure. And then for the last couple of years, it's been like that. It's been like I've been coming on uh, more and more often and, you know, helping with different things. And so now, (laughs) uh, January, well, end of December uh, 2022 was when we decided to do this like 
full force. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna come on the team. Yeah, quit her, quit her day job and came into Poetica full time. You know, it's official when she quits her day job. <laughs> yeah, and and Regina, what was that like for you? We've you know in working together over the last couple of years, um, you know, we've sort of worked on ourselves and working together as a couple um, and sort of like worked out a bunch of those kinks that I think we would have had to do, you know, coming in full time right away. It would have been like, it was kind of like a, um, what do they call it? Like a soft open. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So you kind of eased into it by doing a little bit here and there. And then, then you became like, again, quit your day job full time. That does yeah. make sense, kind of easing into it. Pat, you mentioned that uh, when you guys started working with each other, you had to relearn how to communicate. What were the biggest steps that you took when you were doing that? Yeah, I think the the big challenge that I had when she was doing Poetica part-time was I was doing it full-time, and it's all I thought about all day. So if we had an event project that came in – she would go off to her day job and deal with any sort of nonsense that she had that day. And then she would come home and she'd be tired. And some nights she would just like flop on the couch and go like watch TV or something. And that was like terrifying to me because I He's knew, having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack because <laughs> we have on the horizon that I don't, I don't see her working at. And the, the question I was always, always have would be, why aren't you, why aren't you working on this? Like this is, we have to get this done. And um, that created obviously a lot of uh, problems and issues. And really, <laughs> like the, the the real question is, where are we in terms of progress? What sort of deadlines are we on? Do you need any help from me? And learning to be respectful of, you know, she just had a full day of dealing with the public and people, and that's stressful and exhausting. And she, yeah, she's not always going to have the bandwidth to come home and work another four hours or whatever to to help put on an event. So figuring out a respectful way to ask the important questions and also be honest with each other about priorities and just make sure that we're on the same page. Um, and doing that while she was working part-time, I think has, has helped us yeah, working yeah. together all day, every day. So communication like that. And also just, you know, our styles are very different. He is wake up at four thirty in the morning, go, go, go work, 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 energizer bunny. <laughs> and, you know, I, I like, to sleep in later and go to bed later and sort of like do things, you know, I think I, I think I, I take more time to sort of like contemplate before I make a decision. And, you know, I work on a project a little longer and, you know, he's over here, like, just ship it, just do it. Right. And, <laughs> um, and so that was even, you know, a conversation that we've had and we still sort of have now and then it's like, listen, you're going a thousand miles a minute mm-hmm. and I can't keep up. Um, but also, like, trust me when I say I've got it under control and it looks like I'm just sitting on the couch. Oh, my God. Hearing you guys talk about that, it is – it's like the opposite of us. Like, I'm the Mirror Energizer image. Bunny waking up early, go, go, go. And I had to totally learn that not everyone does things the way I do them. I kind of expected certain things. And I'm like, why – you know, it's 10 o'clock. Why haven't you already done this, this, and this? Well, he right. he stays up later, and he will work later into the evening while I'm, I'm already asleep. And so it's like we have different, and he's much more of a processor. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's it is learning how to, I guess, accept people working different ways. And when you're married, like if you work with someone else, you accept that. When you're married, it just feels like 
you can have more freedom to say, why aren't you doing it this way? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. But I think, right, after a while, you develop that trust that, okay, they are they are working on this thing, and I don't have to worry about it, and they're on top of it. Right. And that was something that you guys, did you come up with a specific set of phrases that you <laughs> used to kind of walk the <laughs> line there? Uh, a little bit. I think, I mean, in our in our marriage sometimes like outside of work there are certain phrases that we use to kind of yeah check in i mean on. we definitely check in on like how are you feeling uh you know can i help you what's going on you know uh sometimes pat will just look at me and say do you do you need a cry <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you need to cry? Do like, i should ask glenn, glenn would start asking you that do you do you need to cry oh well, i don't know me I, I think i'm doing it right now inside <laughs> <laughs> it is funny you guys talk about trust. I mean, the boundaries are so blurry so that you do feel like you can question or ask or, or you know, talk differently than you would any other coworker or any other, you know, business Yeah, you owner. take for granted a lot of times, at least I do, mm-hmm. that you can be more direct. Yeah. And I actually think, you know, like, um, you know, we just talked about me sort of, you know, we were married for a long time before I, I joined the business and we kind of learned how to be like, you know, like one person, you know, you're, you're a married couple. Like we agree on, I don't know, worldly matters and family matters and kind of the big stuff. And then all of a sudden when you start a business together, it's like, Oh, there's like this whole new chapter, this whole new, like we have to agree on, you know, how to talk to customers and how to, I don't know. Do you agree? Like, yeah, yeah. like all of a sudden there's this whole new level of, Oh, we work differently, and I would handle this situation differently. And yeah, and that was challenging for me when she first came in part time because for three years, Poetica was me, and I was yeah. Poetica, and so I was the baby. face of it. And so the way that I interacted with clients and, and prospects was a reflection of how I wanted the the brand to be perceived. Um, and I, I don't I don't want to like come off like I'm super serious every single moment of the day, but I you know I would come across a bit of gravity because you know marketing is is um is a pretty serious business um as creative as it can be so like when regina came in she was very bubbly and um you know i'm not so sure about that in, in an email that was like devastating to me because i wanted to project a little bit more confidence in, in what we were doing and it's not that she said anything wrong it was just her personality and so sometimes she would send out an email and i'd be like why, why would you word it like that and it's just because that's that's who she is as a person, right? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that was like, I guess, like a, a moment that I had to overcome early on in Poetica and working together. What do you guys think are the biggest business challenges you face as a couple working together? Beyond the, what you've already talked about, maybe some other things that people who might be thinking about uh, joining uh, forces with their spouse, what are some things that you think people need to keep in mind? Well, it's, it's challenging I think that the big challenge that we're going through right now is part of Regina coming in was, you know, she had been on the sidelines kind of watching me work full time for such a long period. And so she saw a lot of the just like ongoing sort of like administrative stuff I would have to do on a, on a daily basis that really anybody could do. And she was pretty excited to kind of take those on. But in her taking that on, she has then less time to build up the event side of the business. So every minute that she spends hosting something or doing the bookkeeping is another minute that she's not meeting people and, and potentially, you know, doing another sale. 
And so they're competing priorities right now where it's we have to go out and network and we have to you know write this blog post and do all of these other marketing activities while uh, still building and, and, and uh, maintaining the business that we already have. Mm-hmm. And so like that's that's been a little bit of uh, a challenge. Yeah. So we each have our own like responsibilities and our focus right like his is the content marketing side and mine are is events but we both definitely help each other and support one another to promote and control the other's project so yeah defining roles and goals is like one of the key things but when you have a lot of overlap I don't know it does get confusing because there are certain things that only Glenn can handle in our business yeah. And, and it's about certain, 90% of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and there are certain things that only I can, but then there's a lot, there is a lot of overlap. Sure, sure. And yeah, so I'll be working on an event, like doing some research or something, and Pat will say, he'll send me an email, hey, can you work on these graphics for such and such? And on the one hand, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. But then I'm I'm taking away that time from right. the event that I'm planning. And yeah, so it's just sort of like, um, yeah, finding that balance and and again, communicating like, what you can handle that day and like hey if i can't do this today can i get to it tomorrow that kind of stuff yeah yeah finding the blend yeah yeah you, totally do you guys have like a daily meeting official meeting that you do to, to kind of plan your I, day we have a, a a weekly meeting monday morning first thing monday morning we have a, a weekly check-in to kind of figure out what our goals are for the day how the how the business is um moving along and then we do have like a, another Thursday check-in. We have a, a little lunch and learn. So I teach her about what's going on in the content marketing world. And she teaches me about what's going on in the events world. So we do have those um, those beats built into the week. Um, I don't know if like a, a daily check-in might be hard right now because our schedules are so crazy right now. Yeah, I mean, and stuff. just naturally we check in. What do you, what yeah. you got going on today? How's it going? How are you feeling? So we don't have the same office anymore because, uh, you know, like with virtual meetings, it's hard sometimes to, to schedule meetings with people and also to like not drive each other crazy on, on calls. But she is just in the next room down the hall. So we can often hear each other. <laughs> like still- but I love yeah. that. I love that lunch and learn idea. I love that. Yeah, that's actually been super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take it seriously. Like I'll literally sit there and take notes about SEO yeah. as he stands up and, and teaches at the whiteboard. Like, and it's kind of silly, right? Like it's just me and him and we're, you know, still joking around and having a nice time, you know, together, but it's definitely a great way for us to like get on the same page. I'm learning things that, you know, he's an expert in and vice versa. So um, yeah, that's, that's something that I would suggest to, to couples out there to, to try out. Yeah. I think, think it's also like, I, I've seen Regina in action and I know that she does great work, but getting into the minutia of what she does, I think just has, has given me a, another perspective on what she brings to the table and a lot more respect for her skills because, you know, it's one thing to kind of see the entire production in one time, but it's another thing to, to look at, like, here's how I did this one very specific thing, and here's how much detail goes into that task. And that sometimes is just mind-blowing. Pat and Regina, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys today, and uh, best of luck to you in your uh, endeavors. I hope that uh, we can visit again and catch up soon. Yeah, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, Jody. Hey, Glenn. Nice to see you again here at the always refreshing Couples Inc. water cooler. I do love the water cooler. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like water 
It and tastes like nothing. and It does. Yeah. It's clearly refreshing. Um, I thought, since we're, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. a little bit before Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. we'd start to think about past dating disasters that were kind of funny. Not ours, because we never had a dating disaster, you and I. What do you mean? Well, we never, every uh, every date was magic. Well, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, hello. Our dating life was magic. Oh, I guess that's right. But from yeah. our past, which is kind of hard to believe, but yes, we, you know, may have gone on dates with other people prior to us meeting. Yeah. And so I thought, well, let's talk a little bit about in some of those. In ancient times. In ancient times, yeah. Some of those dating disasters from our pasts. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start? Okay. Put me on the spot right away. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two of them that I have. Okay. One occasion, I was in college, there was a lady that I was interested in dating, and we got together after class one time and agreed to meet uh, at her dorm room, but we were going to go from there to the library to do some studying. Uh, That's what they called it? Yeah. No, this was legitimate. So I have like an armload of books underneath my uh, arm, and I get to her door, and she's opening it with another guy. And they are going on a date. Oh, awkward. Yeah. Guess she didn't want to study. And I just stood there like, what? what's going on? I thought we had. And she just says, see ya. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of mean. Aww. But it toughened me to the to the point that I am today. It made me the hard-focused person that well, I most am. Most important, how did she do on the homework or the test? Oh, I don't know. You didn't try to sabotage her? No, so... That's sad. Yeah. it's a That is a disaster, though. But that wasn't really a dating disaster. That was a... It was in my heart. Oh, well, that's true. There's still a little scar there. Then there's another uh, instance. Okay, this this one is really on me. (laughs) Okay. Well, wait, the other one wasn't? Because you obviously... I didn't read the signs? No, I mean... You're sure she said that to you? Yeah. That t- okay. Yeah, all right. So like wait, that one's on her. Figured out. And I don't like her. Okay. And then this one's on you, though. Yeah, okay. this one is, and you haven't even heard the story yet. Oh, okay. So I had taken this girl out once before, and she made it clear that she wanted to be taken to a nice place. She mentioned that her favorite food was steak. Okay. So I said, yeah, okay. This is back in the early 80s, remember? Mm-hmm. And there were still chain steakhouses that were popular back then, not like the upscale chains that you have now. Right. So I took her to Bonanza. And there were two reasons for that. First of all, they had lunch specials. Second, it was a steakhouse, just like she said. There you go. We never saw each other again. Aw. Yeah. She okay. was very put out, and she made it known during the meal that, you know, this wasn't the kind of steak she was talking about. And I'm like, what? what's the matter with you? I did what you asked. Okay. <sighs> Girls. Girls, I know. All right. Well. Let's hear it. All right. I have two stories as well. Oh, One is high school, Mm -hmm. and I was dating a guy who had liked me first and asked me out. And so he kind of already had – our relationship was further along in his mind than it actually was. And so we had started dating, I don't know, maybe in the middle of January. Okay. And so Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes. And so I'm like, well, I got to get him something. So I went and I got a gift. What'd you get for him? Well, I'm going to tell you first what he got me. Oh, okay. 
And this is a high school, like, you know, 17-year-old high school student had gone to a jewelry store and got me a heart uh, with a little, uh, like a heart necklace with a little bitty, teeny tiny diamond in it. Wow. I got him a candle shaped like a devil that said, I'm hot for you. So we clearly (laughs) had different ideas. So I was so, I was so like, oh my God, this is a piece of jewelry. And there I was like, you know, first first real boyfriend, my piece of jewelry. I'm like, oh my God, I've got this cheesy candle. I think I got from a Spencer's. Yeah. And happy Valentine's. Yeah. And your gift to him was a little bit disturbing, really. Well, it was. It was satanic and sexual. And so... I guess he probably... that He actually probably liked that better did, than if I had gotten him something a little bit more classy. I did guess. he disappear? No, we ended up dating for a couple more years. So oh, wow. It wasn't like a full-on disaster, but I was like thinking, huh. Yeah, well, I mean, in high school relationships, you date a long time. Yeah. Because it's just, well, you know... At least three months. Yeah. But we, yeah, we dated you know, another year or so. Mm. So it was like, yeah, you know... So you got over the candle incident. Apparently. Did you keep it there? Do you still have it? I don't know, but it was definitely a mixed match on Mm. that one. All right. So my next story, I'm older. I'm in my, you know, 20s. And I am, it wasn't a blind date. We'd met already for lunch. We kind of been set up Mm -hmm. by mutual friends. Mm -hmm. We met for lunch and we were like, okay, hitting it off. So we decided to go on an actual date because lunch is always safe. You know, if you're not sure, you're like, okay, coffee's even like safer. Like it's a short term, but lunch, you're like, oh, got to get back to work. You know, you're an hour in, that's it. That's all your commitment. And you you can see, well, we seem to hit it off. So we went out to dinner, but I met him at the restaurant Mm -hmm. and we had dinner Mm -hmm. and then we decided we were going to go someplace else for drinks or a dessert or something like that. Mm. And I I thought, well, let me just leave my car here. I'll go with you. And so I walk to his car and I see a spine in the back seat. Now- You see a what? A spine, like S-P-I-N-E. Like a human spine? Like a human spine. So, you know, obviously every Lifetime movie I'd ever watched at that point is like, warning, warning. Yeah, you gotta you be should, You probably shouldn't get into a car with a guy who has a- is covered in red flags. It, it is, yeah. It's a bit of a red flag, I'm thinking, you know? But you got in the car anyway? Well, it turns out, I was, I was asking, I looked in there and I asked him, he- was a pharmaceutical sales rep who managed, like, working with orthopedic surgeons. Is that what he told you? That's what he told me. So, I don't know. He may, maybe if I look him up, they finally caught him. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I was, like, thinking, you know, this is going to be the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like, what should I do? People will be like, hmm. Jody, Jody. I know. The, the <laughs> spine should have been a red flag, but, you know. Spine, spine. I know, I know. How weird was that? But yeah, I mean, he'd already mentioned he was a pharmaceutical sales, and he kind of laughed. He's like, "Oh my god, that does look really, really bad." That here I am, like, yeah. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, you know, every every you know part of me is saying to run right yeah, now. That, so that first date, there's nothing like having a little backbone to it. <laughs> exactly. I think I'll stick with a candle on that one. That sounds a little safer. It does. And I'm going to be looking for that on the internet. You know it. Oh yeah, you should. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode, 
and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.